0: Hey, 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 welcome to VIP Cafe. As my name is Brian Belasco, joined always by the one and only Greg Smith. Greg, say hello.
1: How's everybody doing today? Beautiful day out, huh? Finally, the sun is shining wow. in Youngstown, Oregon. Love, love it. Hey, we're, we're getting a few days in a row. Uh, as we said
0: in previous podcasts, you know, the weather can change within 30 to 40 degrees in Youngstown. You could be wearing shorts and t shirt one moment and sweats and winter jackets the next moment. So today, we have a very interesting topic. Uh, Many people live by this topic. Many people can't start their day without this wonderful thing we're going to discuss today known as Mississippi mud, jitter juice, java juice, dirt. There are numerous names for this liquid gold. And that's right, folks. Today, we're talking about coffee. Greg, do you like coffee? Love it, love it, love it. So years ago, I used to drink my coffee with cream, and I don't want to give any specific coffee company other than our guest promotion today, but this one specific place, I used to go get my coffee with cream, and then I probably was drinking two or three a day, and I realized how much cream was going into the coffee, and I thought, ooh, that's
1: a lot of fat going into my body. you You come to an expert, like, like what we're, we're talking about. You don't yeah. need the cream, do you? Correct. Because yes. you actually get a better flavor and taste. So about
0: Absolutely. five years ago, I stopped drinking all coffee with cream uh-huh. and I drink it black. And the place I prefer most to get my coffee is a place called Youngstown Coffee Company. And we are with Garrett. Garrett, say your last name for the group. Zarnicky. Zarnicky. I call him the czar because it starts off C-Z-A-R. So we are with Garrett Zarnicky, the czar of the Youngstown Coffee Company. Garrett. Tell us about your
1: company.
2: Uh, well, it's not quite my company, but uh, it would be uh, Tony and Gino Bellato's company. He's so modest, folks. He runs the show. I just run the thing. Well, yeah, that's how it works.
1: You know, I got companies, too, and that's how it works. We got great people just like you, and that's why things
2: work. Absolutely.
0: Was it 20 years ago? that I read that? 20 years ago, Youngstown Coffee Company? So
2: we formed about three years ago. We've been in the coffee business through our sister company Havana House for quite a while. Before then it was a company known as Boston Stoker that we purchased the coffee from and then initially um, one of our advertising guys started doing a little home roasting and if at that point in time we we brought him on he was just doing a little home roast kind of just getting the business uh, started and it just kind of blew up from there so he took over all the roasting and later years he was looking to get out of the business so we purchased it and basically took it over and uh, made it our own well for those of you who have not
0: had it I believe it can be purchased online all over the place yeah I went to the website but but a, a local say distributor of the coffee is Havana house it would be and they They have numerous coffees from Tanzanian to Brazilian to Balinese, I think it's correct.
2: Balinese Blue.
0: Balinese Blue. Get into the roasting process. And again, for those of you who don't know, there is a process to roasting coffee. It's done right here on site. So tell us a little bit about the roasting process.
2: Typical G'day as, uh, as far as the roasting process goes. After getting all the orders in, we typically kind of break down the roast by what volumes we have. So we're trying to plan it out, look for most efficiency, but also we're looking for particular blends that might be a little bit darker. We're going to kind of coast those towards the the back of the roast once we're building all that heat up. As far as everything goes, when you're dropping your beans, you're actually losing quite a bit of weight. So we'll start off with like maybe 18 pounds of beans to achieve a a drop of 15 pounds yielded. So a lot of that goes also by the, the type of the roast that you're going for.
0: So you're losing three pounds. Yeah, Where's it
2: going? Uh, I mean, for
0: those who don't know,
2: because I'm like, where's it going? So you're, you're losing that as far as uh, chaff content, okay. which if you've ever seen a roaster, you'll typically see the roaster that everybody knows with the drop, the drum, but off to the side a lot of time, people don't really know what it's for, but uh, it's a, a cyclone or a chaff box. Everything's going up through the roaster and getting carried out, and it's kind of cycling down, and all that dense weight is dropping down to the bottom. So that's a lot of the, uh, the roast weight going off to the chaff, but also just your water content.
0: Let me ask you this, because again, I I am not familiar with the roasting process. I'm intrigued by it. Can you roast numerous types of beans or does it have to be one bean per roast, per chaff, per session?
2: It's it's more so what you're going for. So if you're going for a single origin, you're only dropping, say, like a, a single origin Nicaraguan, it's the only thing you're going to drop.
0: I'm drinking that right now. Just, I love the, the Yeah, the Nicaraguan, I'm drinking a cup of it black right now. Got it up at the Havana, Havana house up front.
2: We do have quite a few blends. We have cold brew blend. We have, you mentioned earlier, the, uh, the Dark Star is one of your favorites. My favorite. Which is a 2 bean blend. It's a 50-50 split between Colombian and Guatemalan. Kind of balances each other out as far as the Colombian be a little bit lighter, whereas the Guatemalan kind of brings in a little more earth, a little more body to it. Uh, we take that a little bit darker. So, or actually, some of our customers prefer it to look like charcoal. How
0: do you? How do you make it darker? I guess is the right way to say
2: just carrying it full through the, the roasting process. So when you're roasting, typically you're going to drop your beans at, at a charge rate. So there's going to be no heat. We're just using the ambient uh, temperature of the drum to kind of just gently introduce the beans to the actual process. After about three to four minutes, that's when we're kicking the heat back on. We're starting to take the temperature back up. At that point in time, you're going to start to see the beans go from like a, a light tan to a green or a blue shade that they kind of take on. You'll see that kind of drop off and they'll kind of get a little toasted, start to get those yellow to gold colors, and then more... Into your your brown. At that point in time, that's typically where you're going to hear your first crack, which sounds almost like like popcorn. So at that point in time, we're going to cut the heat again after it's coasted through that first crack. Now, at that point in time, you can drop it and you're going to have a a pretty light roast, which is going to lock in a lot more of your acid, your more floral content. So you get that nice, crisp, clean, acidic cup of coffee. If you keep going after that, though, say we uh, we, we kick it back on and we take it into a second crack, which sounds uh, a little like Rice Krispies, that's when you're starting to get into like your City Plus roast, a little bit. Darker, and then after that, you start kind of treading the lines between an eminent fire or in a dark roast. So if you're eminent looking for fire. an eminent fire, eminent fire sounds interesting. You can you can go a little too far with it. Okay. Um, so you can pretty much end up with charcoal. But uh, we're trying to drop the beans just before that, Say for the dark star, maybe an espresso roast. We're looking for the oil content on the front of the drum. We're uh, we're actually pulling out what's called a trier. It's basically like a little scoop, so we can just pull it out. We can kind of grade the color and see what we're going for. And a lot of the time, we're looking for like on espresso and we're looking for that oil content. Same thing with the Dark Star. We're looking for those oils to kind of present themselves. By taking it darker, getting more of a melanoid process. So you're darkening the bean almost like on a steak. When you char it, you're getting those kind of notes out of it. So you're kind of bringing it, you're locking in more of the uh, the earth. You're tasting more of the roast in essence.
1: So let's say I want to become a, a coffee connoisseur. Where should I start? Like what brand should I, type should I use and how should I build into uh, learning the repertoire and what maybe what, what I want at a certain time
2: or with different foods or with different moods? The the best thing to go off of is really what you like. Find something that you like as a baseline. Do you like something that's a little more acidic? Do you like those darker roasts, those uh, French or Italian style roasts where you you're really tasting the roast, super earthy, it kind of grabs your attention, or are you looking for like that lighter floral beans, something that's um, I mean maybe like a t- Tanzanian pea berry. Really fruit forward, a lot of acid, super concentrated. Also depends on what kind of method of extraction you like too, because it's going to change things up a little bit. You know, let's say the
1: amateur of coffee drinker wants the caffeine shot, right? If I want a good shot of caffeine, but I want a good cup of coffee, what what would you recommend? Like what, uh, what's a good one to, you know, get the brain going good? As
2: far as caffeine content goes, standard brewed cups, fine. Uh, A lot of people tend to think that espresso is actually going to be chock full of caffeine but through the process of roasting, you're actually losing caffeine. Your espresso, maybe you get a a double versus a 12-ounce cup of coffee. It's about the same caffeine content. Now, there are some beans that just have a little more uh, caffeine content in general, uh, like a Vietnamese Robusta, which is uh, not the highest grade of bean, an earthy bean. I mean, most people aren't just going to just roast this and serve it to you straight. you see it a lot of blends because they're looking to amp it up a little bit. A lot of the time with cold brew, you'll see a lot more prevalence of uh, Robusta just to bring that caffeine content because people are looking for that as a morning mover. As far as everything goes, your extraction is huge too. So if you're doing a cold brew, you're actually maintaining more uh, more of your caffeine content because you're not losing it due to the ex- actual extraction.
0: Okay. Again, for those of you maybe just tuning in, this is Garrett with Youngstown Coffee Company. He is schooling Greg Smith and I on the on the essence of the coffee bean. So let me ask you this. <laughs> Youngstown Coffee Company has been around for about three years. I I would love to be able to create a slogan. Maybe you have one. But I know if I say this, Greg and maybe Gary, because he's younger than us, might know, it's good to the last drop. Greg Smith? Oh, yeah. I've heard that one before. Yeah. (laughs) So can we create, maybe, or is there a slogan for the Youngstown Coffee Company? And I think that was Maxwell House, good to the last drop. Yeah, Yeah, I believe it it was. It
1: was was Wasn't Sanka. Sanka. Oh, my gosh. Sanka. (laughs)
0: Boil your water, pour the Sanka in.
1: I am not familiar with Sanka. Good, See, you're, lucky. you're lucky. He just,
0: he just aged himself. Sanka was that instant coffee that first came out. It was orange packaging, I think. So let me ask you this, Garrett: thousands of customers, obviously, with Youngstown Coffee Company. What would you say the percentages with regards to individuals who prefer to buy the whole bean versus the do I say crushed or grinded bean? Because you sell in the bags. We do. Grinded. Wait, is that the right? What is the grinded? I ground. Guess? Ground. There it is. Da-hoo. ground. Who's the professional speaker? Garrett. <laughs> so, what would you say the percentages of those customers preferring whole bean to ground bean?
2: I would say it's probably about twenty uh, percent are looking for that fresh whole bean experience. They're going to go home, they're going to get their grinder dialed in, they're going to run it on through, and they're maybe going to do a pour-over or a French press. Or if they're real adventurous, maybe they're doing like a vacuum immersion, which is an interesting process all in and of itself. And then I'd say probably about 80% of the customers are just looking for that coffee to grab and go. Not that they don't appreciate it, but they're they're looking for something that's just ready to go right off
0: the rip. It does take a moment. I just got into the French press about 3 years ago and I buy my whole beans through Youngstown Coffee Company. I have Dark Star whole beans but it is a process. You got to grind them at home. You got to steep for two or three minutes in the Fresh Prince, or Fresh Prince, Fresh Prince of (laughs) Bel-Air. Remember that guy? Will Smith. Anyway, the French press, different from the French kiss. That's a whole different subject. We'll talk about that another day. But the French press, for those of you who have never experienced it, it's wonderful. I don't know. It it draws the flavor of the bean out
2: tremendously. There's a little bit of a school of thought on on the uh, fresh press. Or you got to be doing? Ah! The uh, the French press. I prefer a fine grind on a, uh, a French. With that, you get a lot more surface area, uh, a lot of parts per million, as far as actually suspended in your cup. Wait a second. Did you say
0: fine? fine. See, I was always told let it be chunky. Like grind the beans a little bit, but let them stay chunky. That's and wrong.
2: That's, that's see. That's the misnomer. Like- there's two warring parties almost. Okay. So you, you've got people that want the uh, the course, and a lot of the time it's because they, they don't want that mud at the bottom of the cup. Okay. So with uh, with a fine grind, you get more parts per million suspended in the actual cup of coffee. You get a little bit of a denser cup. It's got way more body to it. And at the end of it... if it's almost like the uh, the end of a Sunday You Get that little chocolate in the bottom. For me, that's what it is. You get that little bit of mud at the bottom of the cup.
1: Well, let me Wait. let me ask you a question here. This is this is uh, switching it up a little bit. You know, Garrett, you're pretty much an expert in coffee. Now I know you probably don't consider yourself an expert because masters and experts never consider themselves that because there's so much more to learn, right? Absolutely. And us amateurs think you're just like a, the god of coffee. But there's other things you have learned in your life. I mean, you're an expert when it comes to wine. You're an expert when it comes to beer. You're an expert when it comes to cigars. You're also an expert when it comes to 3d printing now you're somebody that understands how to become an expert at something i know we didn't talk about this beforehand but like what's your process when you want
2: when you really get excited about something and you want to get good at it what do you do oh really at that point in time, I guess it's just just diving in. If there's something that I want to learn, I've, I've always just found the best way is to just immerse yourself in it. I tend to maybe bite off a little more than I can chew, so I'll, I'll totally commit to a project and say that I can do it, even if I'm not entirely sure I can, but at that point in time, it's just more drive for me to actually make it happen. You sound like Leonardo da Vinci a little bit, you know? <laughs> just dove right in. Just you know, I wouldn't say I'm quite at that level, well, but... That's, uh, that's pretty
1: much his formula.
0: Well, that's a great question, Greg, and again, just dive right in, whether it's coffee, wine, 3D printing. What's crazy to me is I'm not a huge wine guy. I like it, but I don't understand it. And when I read a bottle of wine and I see there are hints of lavender and oak and all that jazz, I. I don't understand because I don't taste it, and I think coffee has some of those same hints. Chocolate, oak. Where the hell do those things come from?
2: It, uh, it, it really does tend to be something that kind of confuses people, and I like to take the pretension out of whether it be wine, coffee, or cigars, because I, I have people that'll walk in and they'll go, well, I'm not tasting any of these things. I'm not, I'm not tasting this cardamom, or I'm not tasting this, this stone fruit that you speak of. What, uh what's wrong with me? Is my palate broken? It's it's not COVID. that anybody's broken. Uh it really comes down to just uh more of that immersion. So the more you try things, the more you palate things, the more you eat, the more you you kind of uh start to pick up on those notes. I mean, if, if you if you taste cardamom, if you've had cardamom before, you're going to know what it tastes like in a cup of coffee. Same thing with your wine. It's just ex- extrapolating what you actually taste in that. Everybody's going to taste something completely different. You know, w- whether it be Greg or I talking about the same wine, we may have completely different inputs on it because nobody's built the same. Yeah, our tongues are different. Now, you know, I, I know with a wine,
1: and even with a with a fine scotch, you know, when you smell it, depending on how your your, your smell reacts, so it can also be your taste experience. Is that the same with, with coffee?
2: Absolutely. So it's that, that, that sensory component because our sinuses and our uh, our mouth essentially as far as our palate goes, they're, they're interconnected. So a lot of the time, maybe not so much with coffee but with wine you'll see a lot of people really getting their nose in it as they're actually drinking it. So it's, it's kind of completing the the whole process, you might be getting seventy-five percent from the palate, but twenty-five of that's you know coming off of the nose. And by combining those two, that's where you're really pulling things in together. If you've ever seen some cupping sessions with coffee though, you'll see people take it as hot as they can possibly can. It'll take like a spoon and just and they'll just shoot it back into the mouth in the mouth and just kind of pull it across the entire palate and try and get all those elements in one go. Wow.
0: It's almost as if all five senses are involved. So the five senses, for those of us who have forgotten. Is taste, touch, smell, sight, and sound. So you said there's a crackling process when you're roasting, which would be sound. There's taste, obviously. For the vision, people can see a lighter, darker roast, or is it just in the taste? No, you can definitely you can actually see a, a see lighter and a darker lighter roast. And then what's the other sense? Taste, obviously. Smell. Smell is important. I mean, so it kind of encompasses all of our senses when we drink a cup of coffee or enjoy a cigar. Or a fine glass of wine.
2: And that's that's a huge part of it too. Is I mean, there's a little bit of a show. I mean, especially with uh, with coffee, a lot of people when you're you're making espresso, they don't want to just have that espresso brought to the table. They kind of like to watch. You know, we run a, a Rancilio semi-automatic espresso machine, so we're actually grinding our shots right ahead of time, tamping them. We're going through the whole process, and it's it's just kind of like that that yeah. view that you get from the side when you see that crema building up on that cup of coffee or on those, those shots from uh, from start to finish that people seem to be really interested in. So it kind of ties you into a little bit more. People that tend to pay more attention tend to appreciate a little bit more. It's like sensory excitement.
0: It's like having guacamole made at your table, opposed yeah. to just being brought out, mashed already with the avocado. Yes, absolutely. So tell us a little, and obviously we're talking coffee. You are a connoisseur with regards to wine. The difference between... The process of making wine and making coffee, I mean, it's a huge difference, I would think. But at the same time, you're extrapolating flavors from the grape?
2: Absolutely. Like the bean. So a little bit of a different process. Uh, Might be more so through your sourcing on wine if uh, you're in a particular AVA or… What's AVA? AVA. Agricultural ventural area. So at that point in time, there's some appellations in some areas that tend to produce some notes that uh, are fairly consistent. You might hear terms like Rutherford Dust in uh, California, as far as the county goes. Typically, tends to have a very uh, interesting tannic structure to it. uh, Which tannin is that? I just ate an entire bag of Sour Patch Kids. Kind of feel that you get in your mouth, that tingle in the cheeks and the in the tongue. Uh, At that point in time, you know you can actually kind of quantify or measure that. You know, is it is it a tighter tannin structure? Is it, is it well-structured? Is it a flabby wine? So we're, we're kind of weighing out the actual uh, wine itself as far as those those notes that you really can't necessarily taste, but it's more of a feel. So at that point in time, with, with Rutherford Dust, it's it's a dusty tan. I mean, it, it just hits the palate very nicely. It's not very aggressive. It kind of just hits everything.
0: So the beans that you get for the cough, are there any local places that have beans here? Or do we have to get them from Brazil and Guatemala and everywhere else? I
2: honestly have not. Not had uh, an American produced coffee as okay. far as grown here. Okay, uh, wines, yes,
0: right uh, correct. Climate. Grapes from the vines can be produced and and wine made, obviously
2: here. Certain areas of, of the but United the States, but the bean, the coffee bean, we're going elsewhere. Typically. Typically, going to you know maybe Brazil, Guatemala, Mexico. I mean, the, all the countries that we offer obviously produce all those beans. But you know, there's there's certain regions, just like in ABA, there's certain regions in, in countries that are a little more uh, a little more notable.
0: Okay, do, do we get into tea at all? You guys involved with tea, Youngstown Coffee? It's Youngstown Coffee Company, but I'm just curious with regards to tea, maybe, for our tea drinkers out there listening.
2: Uh, I I enjoy tea. Personally, I I couldn't tell you that much about any teas. Okay.
0: I mean, the tea I drank as a kid was Lipton Powder. Greg, did you drink... Also, Tang. You guys remember Tang? <laughs> Love Tang. The astronauts drank Tang, and I drank Tang as a kid because we were on a budget. Here's, here's what's funny about Tang:
1: <laughs> no, <laughs> the I'm, name. Honestly, Tang. I went down to Guatemala. I did a speaking gig down in Guatemala, and they served me orange juice, and I thought, man, this tastes like Tang. And I go, like, where'd you get to, like, what kind of, what is this, instant stuff? And I, I think I offended him a little bit. I go, no, 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 those are fresh. That's fresh. I, I, I don't know this for sure, but I think NASA got the formula for Tang, based on those fresh oranges from Guatemala because they're they're an amazing flavor. It's amazingly different. A really sweet, great, great flavor. So I it's just a little trivia there. I just I when I had Guatemalan orange juice, fresh orange juice, it, it's completely different than anything you get in the United States. Completely huh. different. Tang reminds me of Pixie Sticks.
0: Remember Pixie Sticks? You bust them open and drink them. <laughs> oh, <out>. right. <laughs> All right, so uh, to wrap things up Garrett, tell us how, as a listener, we can get a cup of Youngstown Coffee Company Java. Which, by the way, real quick, do you know where the term Java came from? I do not. Greg, do you? No. I only know it because I Googled it. So, let's take a look at coffee's past. The Dutch are credited with introducing coffee to Southeast Asia in the early 17th century, bringing seeds with them. On their travels, they planted coffee trees in places like Bali and Sumatra, as well as on a small Indonesian island called Java. After this expansion, coffee became a major trade, and the term Java came from the Indonesian island called Java. So that's why we call it Java. And it just kind of became a slang for coffee, almost like facial tissues. Everyone calls them Kleenex. Yeah. But Kleenex is the name
1: brand. And you don't want to use that term in Germany. Just saying. You can Google that audience Uh if you want to watch.
0: All right. All right. (laughs) So the term Java from the Indonesian island called Java. So, Garrett... Tell us how we can get Youngstown Coffee Company.
1: You know, and also add to that, Garrett, and a lot of people don't know you, you're a supplier for equipment too, correct? Yeah. You can get, and you can help people if they want to uh, do some of this, you know, buy the beans and, and <laughs> process them at home. You can get them some pretty good equipment. I mean, Absolutely. stuff that you can't get at any, I mean, really high-end stuff.
2: We uh, we carry Bodum as uh, more of a consumer line, but we're also a distributor for uh, Ranchillo espresso machines as well as bun equipment. Uh, as far as, like, consumer line, Bodum. One of my favorite brands. They have been for years. They have a, a lot of really nice and uh, nicely designed solutions. Uh, I myself have uh, the French press. I've got uh, their pour over. I have their vacuum immersion system. As far as everything goes, they're they're a good option to definitely check out if you're looking to kind of dabble and, and dip your toes into, I guess, getting into more of the artesian uh, coffee experience.
1: So absolutely, and, and and so any anybody listening wants to come in and, and, and really take your coffee game up another level, come and have a discussion with Garrett or any of the fine folks who work here at Havana House and Youngstown Coffee Company, and they will get you started. I appreciate that.
0: Yeah, hey, thanks for listening to us. Again, Youngstown Coffee Company can be purchased online. I think it's youngstowncoffeecompany.com.
1: I think it it's, is. It's Youngstown more than Co- I mean, we know that,
0: or right? Or you come into the Havana House and get it, get it live in person, but it can be shipped to you as well. The Youngstown Coffee Company, for a wonderful cup of java, come see Garrett and he will inform you. There, if you there. just Google Youngstown Coffee Company, you'll see their packaging is very cool real quick on the packaging who designed that
2: uh that would actually be matt lunig uh he kind of goes by the handle of uh scraped knee but he's done um a lot of artwork for like almost every jam band out there he's done artwork for tool i mean he's uh, a pretty uh prolific artist oh this uh, is this is the the expert of experts that you pulled in
1: yeah we uh
2: we got a guy (laughs) you got a guy
0: Everyone has a guy in Youngstown. Hey, Garrett, thanks for joining us, Youngstown Coffee Company. As always, Greg Smith, Brian Blasco, VIP Cafe. Peace out.